Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray, and with me for another another sweet solo app is my incredible co-host, Drew Haskins. Hi, everyone. Just as girls again. I really, honestly, I mean, I love having guests, don't get me wrong, and I do think we have more listeners when we have guests, but I've been really having fun with these solo apps me too it gives us a little space to just get a little fun and loose i um, definitely we're we're faster and looser for sure yeah and, and even though we are both admittedly once again extremely tired um no there's no. like a little bit of energy there's a lot of energy going on right now yeah i think there's a lot of energy as well i would say um i i just finished um i guess uh, speed watching you know or when you can like speed through something on spotify like two mm-hmm. times uh well now uh they do video i guess oh wow. yeah and i did something really embarrassing which is i started watching the alex earl call her daddy interview extravaganza God, there's not a more boring person on this planet, I gotta say. I really loosely know who she is. That is not a side of TikTok that I get presented ever. She's just like a hot Miami girl. Is that the whole thing? She's a makeup. I mean, yes, hot Miami girl. That is all she is. But she's also rich. (laughs) Yeah, well, I know her dad is rich and he's married to... I don't remember her name, but I believe she's the woman who had an affair with Elliot Spitzer. I think that's right. She had an affair with maybe, maybe it's, we'll do some fact checking, but um, yeah. And she does like makeup videos on TikTok um, and that's it. (laughs) No, it's a living. It's a living. Yeah. It's sort of like, she's like her get ready with me's quote unquote heavily are fun to scroll by sometimes you know I am someone who likes makeup and likes products Mm -hmm. (laughs) but this is just too much of her I I didn't finish obviously I could it was just so fucking boring call her daddy is one of those things that always gets pushed to me and recommended to me by I feel like every woman in my life listens to it I can't I just can't do it. I just can't do it. She's another one. Alex Cooper, call her daddy girl. Mm -hmm. Another one who I'm like, "Mm, you know, she's less boring than Alex Earl, but she's still just in in the camp of girlies. I don't, I don't really trust. Um, My friend texted me today, a picture of Alex Earl and Alex Cooper together. And she said, where were you when you found out these two are not the same person? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, there are a lot of people in that space who have overlapping vibes and personas to me in a way that is hard to tell the difference. Like I was recently looped in on a new player in this space named, what's her name? Bobby Althoff. Oh yeah. Are you familiar with her? her Yeah. I don't like her either. She is like sort of a I hate saying this name, but it's she has like a Dasha-ish yeah. presence to me, um, but with none of the actual 
like you can say a lot of things about Dasha Nekrasova, but like she's at the very least intellectually interesting in a way that this woman does not seem to be. No, and you know what she is? You know what people would call this Bobby chick? They would say she's like uh like anemic girl representation. That's, <laughs> that's what people I'm not saying it. I'm saying that's what people would say. That's what people would say. That's what people would say. It, we're having frail girl fall. Um, yeah. Oh, so frail girl fall. Except, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. She is like a little too, um, what's the word I'm looking for though? Like she's a little too like sure of herself to be truly frail girl fall to me. Like I feel like the frailest girls I see on TikTok are the girls who dress in insane maximalist outfits do you ever get these women yeah wait do i i I said yeah immediately not they're all bald i don't know why that is but they all wear like (laughs) alligator shoes like and i'm not talking about like alligator leather i'm talking about real like alligator claw shoes oh other boas oh you are i mean i immediately know now i I hope our listeners do because that is they're all bald for some reason they're all wearing like 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 uh, rubber chickens on their feet like yeah yeah. (laughs) it's so crazy like i um i will watch anything they post anything they post (laughs) and i think i have been so stockholm syndromed by some of them that I can't say that anything looks good necessarily that they're wearing, but they do, the outfits do look complete. And that is... Nothing if not finished. Yeah, they're finished. <laughs> like, <laughs> not not even, like, overdone necessarily. Like, there is sort of, like, a, um, it's, like, flower arranging. Like, it might seem like a lot of flowers when they're on the table, but when you put it in the bowl, it's a bouquet. Hey, like, yeah, yeah, that's... That's a bouquet. My friend um, went on a date with a girl and told me that she she got to the date and the girl was wearing a full face of clown makeup and like in a serious way. (laughs) And that is just how people are now. (laughs) Yeah. I I will say that is a very New York phenomenon. Like, I don't want to be coastal elite about Chicago because it is where I have made my home and it is a city that I love two bits people are very norm core here from a fashion and aesthetics perspective in a way that is kind of nice yeah Um, you don't get a lot of fashion weirdos which is okay sometimes I think you don't get a lot of um uh clown girls yeah I really think that I, I think in my old, old age, C27, 28 next week, I have really um, just kind of become, I, I don't, not conservative, that is too strong. Yeah. I've become um, very, I'm struggling to find words, but I don't, I don't fuck with the crust punk kind of thing anymore. No, you, we can't fuck with the crust punk thing anymore. Like we're in our late 20s, the time to pivot towards like, the car hearts and the like Emily on doors and the J crew like it's time again like we're back in that moment and it looks good on everyone like there it is kind of stylish still there's no need to be a clown necessarily because you can dress maximalist but that's not necessarily style you know yeah and uh, you know I'm known to pull a funky look or two yeah but when you're putting when you're putting white 
face makeup and and the and the things on the eyes you've gone too far <laughs> it's it's a little uh it's it's clownish it's kabuki it's kabuki theater it um that's not what we're here to do. i mean no. you know, whatever go to fit i don't care go to fit go to parsons <laughs> go back to where you belong um i speaking of clown girls i do have to make a plug okay. very quickly for a show that I really was not expecting to be good this season, but has been absolute top tier. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is back, baby. It's so good. I just watched, um, we're recording on a Wednesday, and I watched the most recent episode that came out Tuesday of this week, um, mere minutes before we started recording. I think my favorite episode of Housewives in five years, probably, and it's... I was hooting and hollering from front to back. Like, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Cannot recommend it enough. Okay, I have a big question. Um, yes. I am not a Salt Lake viewer. Like, can I watch this episode? Can I just jump in? I think you can watch just this episode and be fine. I think it would help if you start from the beginning of the season. There are only three episodes out, mm -hmm. but they're all... The first one was a little boring. It was a little table setting in the way that we like to say it. Um, last week's and then this week's though, this week's was like a symphony of insanity up there with the best housewife episodes. I was, I really cannot overstate how hard I was laughing the entire time. Would you recommend starting from season one? Like, no, is that no, no. Where, no. where does one start? Um, because there are certain franchises where like you might as well start from season one because it's yeah so i think but you can watch season two and season four of salt lake city and get away with it season one is a very odd season of tv it's very lumpy the cast isn't super well integrated i don't think the cast has fully ever been properly set though for this show until this season so wow. most people will know that Jen Shaw um, went to prison after season three for uh, defrauding the elderly via a phone scam and now right. is in prison with Elizabeth Holmes and they are doing like hot yoga together, um, which seems honestly fun. But <laughs> now they have replaced Jen on the show with an informant against her as the newest housewife, oh who is... That sounds messy, and it is, but this woman, her name is Monica Garcia, is one of the few genuinely fun housewives we've had on the show. Like, she's not, like, putting it on too much. She is just, like, a bubbly, sweet person who, like, kind of seems like a housewives fan, but not, not in a way that, like, makes it unfun to watch her like Heather Gay, who you have no reference point for probably, but like I am such a Heather Gay hater and I know that's not a popular opinion, but um, Heather Gay is like fan energy in a bad way. Monica, fan energy, good way. Okay, this is helpful. Yeah. Um, and okay, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I, but honestly though, my house housewives diet is, I'm pretty satisfied by roni this season 
Yes, I'm I'm definitely enjoying it. Don't you think it's a little low key though? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Housewives Chaos we we know and love, but I do watch it every week and I am enjoying it. Yeah. It, it definitely should stick around for another season. I don't want to see too many changes in the cast either outside of Sai. Oh. I would like to see her leave. I'm really, she's annoying. She's very annoying. And like, I just find her, um, I don't know. She just focuses on weird stuff. Yeah. Like the food of it all, I would sure like one time get annoyed by it, but like making that your like sticking point is a little weird to me. Um, I just don't think she ever like really like genuinely feels conflict. Like say what you will about people like Aaron, who I think sucks. And I think I was on record on this podcast a few weeks ago saying that I really liked her. I'm retracting that statement. I love her. I think she's the best thing about no Jen. I think she's the best thing about the show. I love Whoa. her. I she's like uh, such a, she's such a bitch, you know. She's so Potomac mom, as we've discussed, in a way that I find like very triggering. Sure, that makes sense actually. But I I find her like I think she's. I don't think she should get fired. I don't. I think she needs another season because she is like bringing something. But like I. This trip that they've done to Anguilla, is that how uh-huh. you say that? I think so. Um, I found her very losery. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I love her husband, though. Oh, he's hot. He's so great. hot. I <laughs> see, but I think my my interest in Aaron connects to my interest in another, uh, what's the opposite of fan favorite? Fan enemy? Um, fan enemy. Ben- yeah. Frankel. Ooh, I love Bethany Frankel and it's I feel similar because they're both kind of girl bossy Jewesses you know yeah into I guess you can say a lot of things about Bethany Frankel but you can't deny that she is an icon I don't think Aaron has done anything like like I'm not sure she's on the road to I- iconography no she's not she's not she's not starting skinny girl popcorn no I don't think any of these women really are on the road to iconography though I could I could be wrong I would love to be wrong because I'm genuinely having a nice time watching this but it is very sedate compared to other shows oh you're you're that's a perfect way to put it it is it's very low-key and they need to maybe pump up volume a bit I think it's very hard for first season Housewives shows to be good, mm-hmm. though. You go back to, like, Potomac itself, terrible first season. Really terrible first season. Um, Dallas was really bad first season. Salt Lake was not great first season. But then they all had a great second seasons, and everything started to gel, and they yeah. figured out that they, like the cast just had more time to settle in with each other and I think that's what we need because these women clearly don't know anything about each other yeah, um, and they are six really different people like I have a tough time believing that anyone outside of maybe Bryn and Jenna at this point would be friends no I completely agree I believe Jenna and Aaron though they vibe but Aaron is like so committed to being on 
a TV show, which we have to thank her for, but her like throwing Jenna under the bus for saying that what I thought was a very innocuous comment about not wanting to fly coach. I completely agree. That was weird, but yeah. it is, but it really is. It's the TV show part. It's like, I'm on this show. I need to kind of stir the pot. And you got to do something. Like the only person I think who is doing something and being genuine about it and how d- d- kind of delusional it is, is Jessel, who oh. I find a very hateable person, but like essential to what's going on. Oh God, I would really... This is, sounds horrible, and and it and it is horrible. But I would love to witness the crumbling of her marriage. I would too. I <laughs> maybe unpopular. I like her husband though. Ah, ah, uh, he sucks. He's so like. Really? Oh, I wouldn't fuck him. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm not saying that necessarily. Though I, I actually would too. I think I would. I would say that actually pretty comfortably. But I find his. <laughs> I love a put upon husband and his like his nag of a wife. Like that's like one of my favorite tropes on all Bravo shows. Like I, I don't like he's too kind of like too smiley and like ha- hair gelled and like yeah. there's something a little, there's something very eager about his face that I don't like. You know okay. what I mean? Okay, I can I can see that. I can see all the points you're making about that. Like every, what you just said contained a whole multitude of like depth and meaning to it that I truly, I'm like exactly on the wavelength there. Um, I'm looking past it though. Like I am looking past it. I do think it is bizarre to just ship off to another country for only three days. Oh, he's Yeah, I'm enjoying it though. I really need some like big conflict soon because- yeah. Did you watch the most recent episode with the sunglasses? Yeah, that was stupid. That was not giving the give to me. Like, Aaron is not a funny person, and that prank was bad, but Uba, who I do like, overreacted. She was crazy. I mean, but it's like, we we do need that kind of thing, but it was also, like, so outsized. Yeah, and it was not the Uba that we've seen in other episodes, so I'm wondering whether she's just kind of like a simmering crazy person and the pot just boiled over for a little bit or like she's like oh I missed two episodes because I had COVID-19 let's throw sunglasses across the room or whatever okay before I think we should get into the episode after this but I have one more comment which is I hate this thing they're doing where everyone has to share their trauma and that's like a prerequisite and you have to say like oh I grew up with nothing and that's like why aren't you sharing you share your parents story that's not your story what like what are you talking about they're all a little too you know I'm I'm really having a tough time finding a word here because woke is not the word I'm looking for Uh-oh. it really is not there's something very like therapy speaky about it that's what it is like I think a lot of people are mis uh, misattributing it as quote-unquote wokeness where it really is like these women are here to have serious conversations which is all well and good but I want you to have serious conversations about like whose husbands are sleeping with (laughs) anyone who's not you like that's what I want to talk about I don't want to talk about people's trauma like 
And here's a plug for Salt Lake City again. This episode has a group dinner table game discussion that, which is a a trope as old as time on Bravo, that begets such insanity that I really just, run, don't walk. I think everyone's watching Salt Lake City because it's a huge hit, but if you're not, like, if you bail it after season three, which I don't blame you, go back. It's so good. It's so, so good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just the whole, Sai is obsessed with people sharing their, their, like, okay. you know what, like, I just, I don't need it. It's boring. Or it's like, if Jessel, like, doesn't have any trauma to share, like, shouldn't that be okay yeah you're making her make something up and then saying like oh like that's not genuine enough it's just so stupid that's that's all i'll say (laughs) she i do think jessel is like a genuine character let's say like she's so she's not doing what she thinks she's doing which is i think good for tv and is good personal friction, the kind of good personal friction that you need to make this show good. Totally. I just think that, I don't know. I, I don't think that we're going to have anything at the reunion because truly, what are we going to talk about? And their ratings for it, I, they don't show the peacock numbers and Andy says they're good and there's no way it's not going to come back. But like, I don't know. Season two is really going to be make and break for it. Yeah. Um it's interesting like i i bet it's people are watching this show you know like there's no doubt in my mind people are watching it but yeah uh, there isn't much to think about no there's not much to think about like i'm really ready for potomac and beverly hills i don't think we have anything with beverly hills this season but i will watch everything that they put out and potomac i do think is the crown jewel of bravo in general at yeah. this moment i guess i need to pick pick that up because yeah. i'm very much in the dark that's when you can start from season three and feel pretty comfortable well i'll be there yeah it's it's good it's um you know it's fun to play spot the location though only like two of them actually live in potomac these days like everyone else is in like Towson or <laughs> Upper Marlboro or like Alexandria, like it, people are all over the place. But um, it is, it's it's a good show. It's a really good show. Okay, I'm I'm believing. Yeah. I'm Should we get into another good show though? Let's get into another good show. Okay. Because I thought this was one of sneakily one of the best episodes we've ever covered. I yeah really truly enjoyed it I it includes one of your favorite scenes in girls history I I, I'm willing to say right now I think it is my favorite period wow end of sentence that's huge I mean it, it is a fantastic scene but let's do a little recap of last week yeah do you want to do the recap Sure. So last time, Hannah and Fran. Frana. How have we not called them Frana? Frana. 
Um, Prana went on a doomed road trip. Um, Shosh returned from Japan. Marnie and Desi's musical partnership continued and their marriage still on the rocks. And Adam and Jessa stepped into help. Sorry, <laughs> Drew wrote this. <laughs> Adam and Jessa stepped in to help raise baby sample with Laird after news that Caroline ran away. Okay, before we get into the episode, I did ask a poll on Twitter last week um, whether I was right or you were right about Sample being a cute name. And I will say overwhelmingly people sided with me. Okay, I would love to see who. I would love to see who. I think I think we need like a I think you need um a data set with a lot of different types of people and different so okay so I will get the census data for 2020 (laughs) um I will pull some names and I will run a random survey of middle America and beyond to see what people think I would really appreciate that I think that's what's best you know that's the real like they ask all these questions about like trump versus biden or like crude oil and then they have you have to answer like do you like the name sample for a child a human child (laughs) i think that's just safest you know like i think that's the way to really kind of get down to what the people think i don't think if we're talking about middle america like i don't think sample is that crazy compared to like mcnavy or whatever the like byu grads of america are naming their kids these days i don't think that's that crazy (laughs) okay sample it is so the episode opened with a very funny scene um hannah is forcing fran to move out of their apartment i apologize for saying last week that that was the last we see of fran i was very happy we saw him this week because we get one of the like pithiest lines of the season you're a dick a secret dick to be sure but you are a dick you're very judgmental you're very moralistic you definitely would have sent witches to trial in the crucible incredible such just a, a classic hannah i also just you know she's not wrong like she, he is a secret dick as we kind of determined last week he we were kind of waiting for his him to bubble over and crack and he really did um another line i like she says that might work for some this is so terrible hannah's like i don't know uh lack of class consciousness that might work for some administrative assistant you meet in a sports bar but it's not working for me ethered i mean that's that is crazy to say out loud but like you know it it's apt though yeah Rand is going to end up with an administrative assistant and i'm not saying that in any way other than it's true he needs some a, a woman who is not very challenging yes exactly and you yeah. know what there might be some really challenging and complicated administrative assistants and that's I'm gonna say it again it's not not what we're saying (laughs) no 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 he's I think what she's trying to say with her perhaps (laughs) unkind dig towards the administrative assistance of the greater New York metropolitan area um is that he just needs a simple woman yes and hand is anything but simple as we see all episode to good effect clearly not simple at all um I thought the scene of her quitting her job was also 
weirdly very sweet. Yeah, I agree. Also, I don't know. I I I didn't think it was a great uh pin in her or bow on whatever. I don't think it was a great closer to her school career. Yeah, that that plot line has always felt a little. I mean, it feels like a detour in the same way that it probably is a detour in her life period. Like she's just teaching to do something with her time and not mm-hmm. like she's never passionate about teaching. She just happens to be really good at it. But True. I mean, she's an inappropriate teacher, but she's clearly a good teacher. Like the principal applauds her joie de vivre and the way <laughs> she experiences life, which is a really nice compliment to hear about. Really nice compliment. Yeah. I yeah, and I'm glad they they ironed things out after she uh, showed him her bare vagina. I have said something along the lines of I had a lot of energy going in the wrong directions countless times over my life. Um, and to hear that actualized in the dialogue of the show Girls was healing, very healing. I, I mean, it's nothing if not apt she knows how to describe her feelings yeah um what else does she say here? oh my god i've been trying to stay more open to signals from the universe and i don't know if i can be open to those signals if i'm tuned into another song this job being the song <laughs> so funny i mean sure i mean I, I, uh... this principle is so cute and sweet though for putting up with her absolute bullshit like he's yeah. like, tickled by her he is i i i don't know i think she should have stayed at this job because clearly she's appreciated for like what little kind of <laughs> what she's putting in yeah oh she so she's appreciated but she's not well she's not challenged i mean like she's no literally no. showing her pussy to her boss and not facing any sort of recrimination for it I just, you know, I'm sort of like a don't look a gift horse in the mouth kind of girl, but I think that's I, never been Hannah though. No, she's she's looking that gift horse right in the mouth. She's uh, like shaking the horse, like trying to like a piggy bank, trying to get more gifts out of that gift horse. <laughs> she really is doing that. Um, and then we we turn a corner, and the most exciting part of the episode begins. Hannah runs into the queen, Tally Schifrin, on the street. Another impeccable name for a character. Impeccable. Um, um, Jenny Slate with, like, some of the best hair I've ever seen on television. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, perfect. I also, I don't know, I just love, I, I really appreciate Jenny Slate playing this annoying like gets whatever she wants author girl yeah she's so good at tally more so because she gets to do a little bit of the dramatic stuff which we'll talk about but she can take these really stock annoying pseudo intellectual girls Mm -hmm. and really ground it in a very realistic like tethered to the earth kind of way like this is a comedic performance with like a capital c but it's not a caricature totally i feel like i know tallies we all know a tally it's it's a beautiful thing yeah 
So Tally's working on a novel about, quote unquote, the tyranny of political correctness at Oberlin and wants to incorporate an incident where Hannah called the Jewish TA basically Hitler. <laughs> I love, uh, first of all, the tyranny of political correctness at Oberlin, a whole novel about that. And um, I love Hannah saying, well, that's kind of my story to tell. <laughs> that um, i lena dunham if you're listening and i really hope you are the people demand a carrie diaries-esque spinoff uh, of this show about hannah tally at all at oh, oberlin we perfect. need it we need it um tally basically like hannah kind of has long hated tally out of jealousy and also just like she's a hateable person um, but Tally invites Hannah to hang out with her and they end up having a really funny, fun, crazy day. Yeah. I like the line that Tally said where she was like, I'm literally free until 3 a.m. Yeah, it's like, well, then what <laughs> does that mean? Um, I, I love that their their day starts at Criff Dogs, which is a um Williamsburg hot dog restaurant i don't know if it, i don't even know if it's still there actually um but that sounds delicious i mean i live in chicago like there's a there are four hot dog eateries within walking distance of my apartment right now like that sounds I, like a perfect place to have like a heart to heart i have never been there in my life and maybe if it's closed now or i never will i'm gonna fact check but um when they do the girls bus tour that has to be a stop though true all right let's see Criff dogs there is nope the one in Williamsburg closed damn wow. um but they kind of start chatting about like what's been going on and Hannah is opens up about all the issues she's been having she talks about Mimi Rose taking Adam and it comes out that they both hate Mimi Rose which I think is a nice kind of bonding point for them and that's where that's where they really start getting into it yeah i like the little detail that um tally always sees mimi rose at tedx conferences and wants has to physically restrain herself from getting violent with her so tedx i mean tally would give a tedx talk oh absolutely um Um, the the line oh no go on no you first well, I just thought the line about so Hannah is opening up about the Adam Justice situation to Tally and she talks about how she still has so much love for both of them and she says something along the lines of I don't know which one to warn first about the other one mm-hmm. which I thought was such a sad poignant line Hmm. Yeah. I, it's just, it's a really sweet scene. Yeah. Do you think that this show builds out the Hannah Justice friendship enough though? That's a good point. Maybe not because we're, we're made to believe that they're thick as thieves, like best, best friends, lifelongs, but there's not a lot there to show for that yeah I think in the early seasons of the show like the episode where they go back to Jess's family 
house upstate and mm -hmm. picking up from rehab that felt a little bit more grounded in a true friendship but this show's just at least for the first three seasons did not quite know what to do with jessa mm -hmm. and i think it it definitely i feel like i'm so much more invested in the hannah adam relationship than the hannah jessa part of this equation yeah they don't really give us enough to care about which is know. why we need hannah at oberlin the tv show build this foundation exactly um i also love i mean this episode just ramps up in such a fun special way um tally convinces hannah to steal some guy's bike mm -hmm. which is she I, I don't remember what reasoning she gives but it makes no sense she's like oh it's a sign for the universe or oh it's like this guy didn't lock his bike up he deserves to have it so yeah that's literally what she says i think <laughs> uh, um but the best line uttered in maybe the show's history they get to Tolly's apartment and uh, Tolly goes, should we smoke a fatty J? <laughs> <laughs> Just her, her voice, her cadence, the way she says it is so perfect. Jenny Slate just has such a good speaking voice, like such a simple line like that. It, it really, we're not doing it enough justice. It's no, perfect. Simply not. Simply not. Um, and then what we have here in the doc is quote unquote, Drew's favorite scene in girls history. So please Drew, take it away. T tell us, I want to talk about the scene. Tell me, tell me why it's your, your fave. I think this just hit me at the right time. Um, I had to pause after this scene and I kept just pacing my apartment muttering this magical ass episode, this magical ass episode. Um, I, I think this is so, well, it's such a raw conversation about how people in their mid to late 20s compare their successes to other people, which is a very real phenomenon that, a lot of us are going through actively right now, myself included. Um, and I think people are really afraid in general to have or conversations about jealousy with each other because it's kind of an unkind, potentially socially inappropriate feeling to have and articulate to someone. Sure, yeah. In this conversation... Well, I think Hannah presents it so maturely. Like she very clearly states that she's kind of jealous about Tally's life and that she's doing everything that she wanted to do, right. which leads into, well, Hannah says she has nothing to show for anything besides gaining and losing 33 pounds and acquiring not one, but two strains of HPV, um, which is great. 33 pounds, her weight journey is like if we're gonna um statistically ask or model like sample as a baby name I would also like to graph Hannah's weight fluctuation that she articulates I, about this show because I feel like that number changes constantly it changes all the time I would I would really like to see some side-by-side -side images and then like get the claimed weight of each because <laughs> I don't know if there I mean on, there could be 30 pounds but I don't know if there is I don't think so either I think she just is kind of in like a not a victimhood mentality because 
we'll, we'll get to, we'll, I'm about to say many hyperbolic statements this episode. So I'll save that one for later. But um, mm-hmm. I found this very mature for, let's say. Um, and then this is when Tally reveals that she's jealous of Hannah for having actually lived some lived experiences like dating a bunch of guys um going through personal diversity over the past four years only four years since college um and she opens up that fame has made her a monster who googles herself in tally's words she feeds on praise and controversy and it's exhausting and boring all at once which to me is a very once again, a very prescient Lena Dunham thought about how people see themselves in the internet age. Completely. And I think it's very like apt for Tally Schifrin to be this kind of, you know, like narcissistic but self-loathing person. Um, but also this whole, I will say, I had this fear this whole time that Tally is going to like steal uh hannah's life and use it for stories or like she's Mm -hmm. going to use her and then write a story about hannah i don't know i i don't that doesn't end up happening unless i'm totally forgetting something but i don't think i think this is the last time we see tally in the entire show and i think that would have been the way this episode ends is so sweet and poignant and funny to me that it would have felt sad and cheap almost to go back to the well that like oh tally is a bad person after all who, right. like um i thought tally's articulation of her like she's so lost inside of her own persona that she can't actually live personal experiences mm-hmm. was almost let's say lena writing about lena herself Yes, I absolutely see that. I, yeah, I mean, I think that pure sweet heart to heart was also like a great kind of leeway into what comes next, which is they get so high and um, Hannah asks like, wait, should we have sex? And (laughs) Tally's like, no and then they have an epic dance party it's a feeling myself which uh, once again perfect needle drop from from girls we didn't do needle drop of the week but like that's needle drop of the week yeah Yeah. musical moment musical moment um and then the end of their plot line somehow they get to hannah's apartment i didn't understand that part but they run into Adam and Jessa in the foyer carrying groceries in for Laird and Sample. And that's the only time we see Adam and Jessa. And they just burst into a like two minute long giggle fit. Yeah, like they're just so shocked. And it it feels so perfect and so real. Like just they're so shocked. All they can do is die laughing. Yeah so shocked to see them after you know spending the day talking about them and how you know they hurt Hannah so much I don't know I thought it was very a very sweet thing to happen yeah. and then, of course uh Jessa and Adam kind of you know look disarmed and kind of just stomp into 
Yeah. I mean, th- this really feels like a victory for Hannah. It does, yes. Because she had a real moment of genuine connection with another human being where she really did not act insanely whatsoever. Um, and we'll get it, we'll talk about it next week, next week, but she, this inspires her to actually use her personal experiences as fodder for her writing and her performance again. So this was a re- a, a pivotal moment. I would say I, mm, so good. So good. I just, I, this episode really snuck up on me. I knew we were talking about Tally this week, but, um, I just forgot how good this this part of the episode was. I would not say this episode as a whole reaches the heights of this plot line, but it was great. Though that Elijah one did come close for me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to this episode. Yeah. Elijah goes to a store and just like a mid-range store, maybe a maybe a J crew, maybe a step below J crew even. And he is working with a um, sales associate named Demelia. And he's trying to find a nice little suit to make him look serious uh, when he goes and visits Dill, his uh, situationship at the time. Yeah, he's like one of Dill's um, harem of twinks. Yeah. It's not a great place to be in. Um, Not a great place to be in. And this feels like a doomed mission from the start. Like, you know, sometimes you just have to say things out loud to hear yourself. And I wish Elijah had heard himself more when he said that he was buying a mature suit to look like a viable option for a closed relationship with well-known TV personality. Yeah completely i mean the whole time even when he goes to uh the studio to confront dill um and kind of says dill like look you deserve a good relationship and i am the only person who can give that to you not all these other like yes men you know no one's gonna tell you that like you don't look good bald or like blah 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 your jokes aren't funny like I want to be that person for you it's sort of like well maybe you should have rehearsed that in the mirror I don't know it just sort of he didn't he sounded like pathetic I don't know yeah he sounded like someone who's performing the idea of those kind of like pick me choose me love me kind of speeches without actually like like you can't just like deliver random words in a certain way what did you think of it from like a script perspective like uh we're writing this little monologue in I thought this was great writing Mm -hmm. I thought because we've sort of touched on this in other episodes but like so much of the genius of this show is seemingly bad dialogue being attributed to these characters who are like media obsessed and like perform adulthood without actually being adults about it so they're just like taking all these ideas from like pop culture and just regurgitating it and that's what this felt like to me um like we talked about this last week when marnie was like namaste bitch or whatever that which like you know canned line but 
Yeah, yeah I don't think it's bad dialogue so much as like I, yeah. it's kind of honest dialogue for how like people our age can talk sometimes definitely and it did get across like it was very sweet and would have worked on the right person but it did just get across that dill is not well what you, you just shook your head yeah no dill is such a dick like <laughs> it just is oh, not gonna work on him oh, it's so sad i mean i don't know it's it's a really it's a bummer and dill ends up saying he rejects him and he says i you're right i do need someone but that someone isn't you. Like, I think I need someone my age. And he kind of calls Elijah. Well, he does call Elijah aimless. And then yeah. kind of, oh, this throwaway line. He says, I'll think of you every time I go to Brooklyn. That made me howl with laughter. <laughs> Just kick him while he's down. So, which is never. Like, that kind of guy never goes to Brooklyn either. So, no, like, he's never going to Brooklyn. And that's, that's like, so funny. Thing. It's it's a rare occasion that he's, you know, I'll think of you. I don't know. Jeez Louise. I'm about to say something that's potentially a little uncharitable. But it was very, you know, this is one of those moments where it was very overt to me that Andrew Rannells is, like, 10 years older than the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna verify an age really quickly, but like this dynamic of young twink and like mid forties TV personality, uh-huh. I would say only loosely works when the twink in question is a literal thirty eight year old. Yeah, he's. I mean, and thirty eight A is not old. Um, and Andrew Reynolds is dumb hot looks great i'm not saying anything like that but i'm saying that andrew reynolds does not look 27 in this moment he does not he simply does not Uh, you're right i don't know i have mixed feelings about that because i i feel like i just believe the character so much you know like i'm i'm a sucker and i i'm like yes exactly (laughs) and that is that speaks to andrew reynolds's bottomless well of talent that he is pulling from because he is the secret weapon of the show like genius performer like his tears in this were heart-wrenching yeah all this is true he is also 38 and you can't be 38 and play a twink i'm sorry you just can't i guess not (laughs) like there's all have you heard of twink death no what is that is it when you past a certain age and yeah it's it's not necessarily an age so much as there is just this like paradigm shift in which you are no longer a twink Uh, and he hit that he has hit that he probably hit that five years before this and I think a lot of this is kind of recency bias because I do know now that Andrew Randalls is 45 and married to a guy who is like Dill's age or if Dill were, Dill is alive in 2023, <laughs> Dill would be like close to 60. Like Corey Stoll, I think is like close to 60. And okay. Andrew Randalls is married to a guy who is like close to 60, I think, in real life. Uh-huh. Interesting. <laughs> this is just, these are just things I think about. Like, I mean, they're worth thinking about. And now I'm thinking about it. But I'm, I guess I'm, I'm back and forth. 
But I, I feel like I've said some unkind things about Andrew Randall's. I I, I really so cannot express that you that is not, not true. Not said anything unkind. You were, but he's like fully like, ten years older than the rest of them. No, he is. But he, you're right. It just speaks to his talent because he, like, not for a minute do I think that he's like inappropriate. Oh no, with them. You know, like I, I'm always I'm. I'm buying what he's selling. Um, we should talk about Shosh, though. We should talk about Shosh. Um, I loved her just showing up with the stiff Bob at Ray's to say hi. I love their friendship. Like, they just get along yeah. so well together. Very sweet. Um, Shosh shows up at Ray's to say hi, I'm back, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then she looks around the coffee shop. No one's there. And she's like, what the fuck is happening here? And Ray points out Helvetica, the competition uh, coffee shop with quote unquote neo hippie gender neutral monsters. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, Shosh and- would be a red scare listener. <laughs> you think? I don't know. I feel like she's, ooh, that's a cool question. What? She's so like, I think she's so like trad buttoned up. And like by the end of the series, like she's obviously you know, about to get married pretty young. But I think, like, her outlet is, like, quote-unquote dirtbag left podcasting. I I feel like I could see her more, like, listening to the toast. You know, you know the toast? I do, and I think that's... Don't you think that's, like, a Marnie thing? Mm, I feel like Marnie listens to the daily. (laughs) Okay, maybe I don't have a handle on what the toast's tone is then, actually. Okay, it's... It's nothing we need to talk about, but <laughs> okay. I'm gonna. This is more research on my end that I'm going to be doing. So. I I feel like that is a fun. We should we should play games every once in a while. Like, uh, what podcast is each girl listening to, or like mm-hmm. what what album are they streaming? Maybe we could do that as a special episode in between seasons five and six. That's a good idea. Oh my god, I love that. Oh my god. See, we're just kind of, we're, this is why solo episodes are so great. We're. <laughs> It's like we're workshopping. We're like um we're getting tactile, we're getting creative. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um okay, this Shosh offering to um scout out the competition though, her get up. She she goes in basically like a like a detective uniform. She's what what kind of hat is she wearing? Is she wearing a fedora? I don't remember, but she looks insane. It's like a Pharrell Williams hat. Like, remember when he was wearing shit like this all the time? Like, <laughs> like a long coat. A um, long coat. Like she's in like hipster Carmen San Diego drag, and the hat is it. This is not like a a low key incognito hat. It's like. Oh. There was an old episode of Project Runway where Michael Kors looks at this shade of blue on like a dress and he calls it unsophisticated. Like this is just like a blue. What's the blue? Hat. I don't remember. It's just like this really like Oh, I got to look. It's it just up. like blue. It's it's like electric blue. Like like royal blue? Not quite. It's like a like, you know when you get a pack of folders and all the colors of the rainbow? Yes. Oh, It's okay. that kind of blue. That's a good... You you nailed it. Yeah. The blue. 
It's even Google Doc Blue, maybe. It's Google. It might be Google Doc Blue. Um, but she's there um, to, well, I guess she's just like scouting out like who is in there and like how much business they're actually doing. But she gets caught by, thankfully, the baristas from the previous episode played by um, Cyrus Dunham and Yasser Lester are back um and she was just like oh i'm here um gathering found words for a poem so funny i i love uh he says um oh well, can we give you some words and she's like sure and then, i don't remember what other words they say they say a bunch of random words and then one of them ends on cat and then the other one's like oof i'm not gonna be able to top that one it's genius genius like um shosh said something something along the lines of yeah like i'm just you know there are no rules to poetry and then one of them says well no there are rules (laughs) (laughs) oh it's good um i kind of want to write a poem out of found words now (laughs) do it tonight it'll be your your little bedtime ritual the if my like artist's way moment um yes. podcasting does not count towards the artist's way so I have to do something oh, else I I you know the amount of times I've tried to artist way and failed it seems fun though you just have to like watch a movie right yeah but it's sort of like it's the routineness of it and the schedule part that I yeah anyway <laughs> no um, I, I I I can see how that would take the fun out of it um I need I would really like to do it I just need to get off my ass yeah. um, so Shosh love- offers to rebrand the coffee shop yes as she- an anti-hipster destination sorry we're talking over each other oh, no. yes. <laughs> she um yeah no I I love her as this like business genius as uh as Drew just said she offers to re- rebrand the coffee shop as a quote-unquote anti-hipster destination I think she says the words um it's time to start selling coffee to people with jobs, which I think is, oh, yeah, no, you wrote it here. Let's serve coffee to people with jobs. Um, and I mean, I think it's a, it's genius as we'll see in the coming episodes. It is so funny. Like they, they, they really take it and run with it. Well, Shosh is a genius. Like she she's a little wayward, but her ideas are good like she will be successful she will be successful speaking Um, of flops though yes speaking of i guess we got to close out with marnie i'm kind of i'm really over the desi of it all i i'll be like i've said this so many times but i forgot how wheel spinny this plot is towards the end of this season yeah um Tandis says that um she should not or yeah Marnie and Desi shouldn't spend more than eight minutes together because it would constitute as quote-unquote re-immersion <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god I mean re-immersion yeah it's so funny I so they're still they're still bad they're still on the outs um what is this you wrote here oh so Desi is holding a like big stick and like twirling it around like a majorette in this scene and it was well so distracting a but b like 
of course he's the guy who just like picks up a stick and is like uh, drumming on things like oh, it just so, drives me crazy that is so true i i hate that shit i really hate that shit and i i want to i do do this with pencils so like i'm not immune i've been doing it with a pencil off camera this entire recording but um that's different yeah the stick of it all was annoying um also annoying marnie's love dream about brushing ray's hair and like taking him into her like bosom oh my god i the the brushing of the hair and she says something about um getting him ready for school it's so strange and i nothing we've really seen from marnie no so funny she like should lean into her stealth freak so much more than she does and like i think she thought marrying desi was going to be her like hipster freaky deaky move and like he's just such a dud that wasn't ever going to happen like she needs to like i don't know what she needs to do she dates someone with like sleeve tattoos and like yeah a construction worker job or something go like full like i don't know date someone from like turnstile don't date someone like does he i don't know um but she shows up at ray's door and they hook up and it's sweet and beautiful yeah it's it's annoying no, as hell. i don't know I, I, I yeah i think i kind of just said that because there were words that came out of my mouth it's not sweet and beautiful but... well i mean th- those are the words that you felt in your heart you spoke from the heart just now don't know if I, I yeah I guess I do think the um the little exchange they have where she's like it can't be you and he's like I kind of think it is me like yeah. so stupid and delusional and like obviously it's not going to work out for these two but um somewhat sweet though I don't know nice yeah. little dialogue and that's nice. the episode yeah um, what do you think I I liked the episode. I think we've got some really good ones in store, though. Yeah, I think um, now that we've actually talked about it, I think I was I liked the Elijah part, but it wasn't as big a part of the episode that uh, than I thought it was. The Shosh was funny, but mm-hmm. slight. I don't know though. I season five might be my favorite season of Girls. Yeah, and this i mean this scene that happened in it with hannah tally really really made this close to an all-timer for me yeah i totally but I which see. girl were you this episode we asked this question at the end of every episode i think i am maybe shosh i feel like I, i'm shosh um insisting that she can handle a rebrand and honestly coming up with a pretty good idea yeah i could see you for halloween rocking those like oh my god like the like avril lavigne hello kitty music video like pink streak bob and the blue hat honestly i in a heartbeat sign me up it's niche but i mean girls has enough uh, people watching it right now that i think you could get pretty niche with the costuming and and get away with it yeah i think so um, too. 
pretty strong. I was pretty... Okay, I, in the dog I have written down, Hannah, I think I'm actually going to amend that to Tally, though. Okay. I think I Tally that. is a little bit more obsessed with keeping up appearances in a way that I feel, you know, as a lifelong card-carrying wasp, um, very attuned to. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I felt very Tally-ish this episode. I love it. That's a good ep- or that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Hanging outside the box. What um, about fit check? A lot of good fits this episode. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's Shosha's pink streaks, the so bad they're good kind of chunky highlight going on. Mm-hmm. It, it works on her. It's fun and stupid. Yes, I I love that. I also really, okay, this was something I noticed, and maybe I'm, like, thinking just too galaxy brain. Allie mm-hmm. was in Shorter Alls. Much like Hannah in a season oh. one episode is in Shorter Alls, but they're, like, much more, like, flattering, like, chic Shorter Alls. And I was like, wow, costuming can be Alex so brain. beautiful. Yeah, um, honestly, that that parallel, that through line i love it yeah. i'm i'm seeing it i i don't think it was a mistake that wasn't my answer that my true answer though was um so the adult outfit that elijah picks out is a suit but he's wearing a v-neck t-shirt untucked underneath it i was like oh my god like you didn't change your shirt you just bought uh, you bought this like oh my god gay guys are so bad at dressing themselves and i can say that and I don't want any flack about it I just I want and I I'm saying this like full I'm in a basketball jersey right now like I'm not dressed up but um I just want that on on the record more than anything else I've said tonight I love it I I mean it's a really funny kind of accurate choice for him Mm -hmm. just to throw it on I love it um Let's see what's next. Okay, MVP, LVP. Yeah, what's you first. Okay, so the I've been teasing one last little piece of hyperbole this whole time, and now is when I say it. My MVP was Hannah because this was easily Hannah's best episode ever. Mm-hmm. She got everything right. She had moments of growth and self reflection. Um, she really seems like she has a ton of forward momentum in every aspect of her life. I thought she nailed it. Yeah, I, I feel like MVP is Shosh for me. Okay. This is kind of her first time feeling like useful again, you know, her, mm-hmm. she's, she's coming, she's was feeling really down on herself, like losing a job and being kind of rejected from all these different marketing jobs and now she's she's gaining her confidence she's thinking you know i can do something i think that's an excellent answer as well lvp i mean i think elijah probably i mean he just had a really hard episode and i hate v-nex so i'm gonna have to give it to him Mm, let me think Adam and Jess are also down there too, because getting a laughed at for two minutes straight. I mean, that is 
it's bum behavior. It just it's bum behavior. Wait, wait Adam and who? And Jessa. Yeah. Okay, I just said Jessel. I was like, <laughs> I could see Jessel within the girls' universe as like she's like a customer at Helvetica that shows interviews about her like taste in coffee. Huh. I I see her somewhere. Um. I mean, Jenna's been on it. Like, it's not far fetched. I, I saw um a clip of her resurface a clip of her from the girls years. Mm-hmm. it brought me so much joy and she's good on the show too so good she and audrey gelman too oh my boss god bitches and also oh wow you know what that is true and they both really kill it i won't lie yeah um, comedic genius audrey gelman new gilda radner new gilda radner oh that's funny <laughs> Um, okay, who is my LVP? I'm, let's see. Or maybe Tally, because she admitted to um, some pretty, like, you know, it seems like she's going through it right now. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, girl. And get it was great it. seeing you, though. It was great seeing you. Honestly, it was so good seeing you. Yeah. I wish we could um, make this last forever, but we've got some, we've got some life to live with Miss Hannah. I know I've said this one trillion million times over the course of this podcast, but like, and not everyone needs to be cast in White Lotus, but like Jenny Slate would be so good in a White Lotus. She would be perfect. Oh, she would be perfect. I mean, every woman on this show would be perfect for White Lotus, but... I mean, uh, it's such a bummer that, um, I mean, the strike is a bummer for many reasons, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we're we're WGA strong and fuck AMPTP, did I say that right? AMPTP? Let's say you did. (laughs) We're pro-union. All unions. We support all unions. Um, All unions. There's not a union I've seen I didn't like. Steelworkers, it... teachers, writers, all yeah, we love you. But um, yeah, I need some new TV. I need a new White Lotus season. Like we are in prime. Like this time last year, we were getting a new White Lotus oh. season, and I feel so deprived that we're not in. Where are they filming? Like I think Chiang Mai for upcoming, or they were supposed to. Like we're not getting that, and I know oh, I feel kind fuck? of. I mean, J- Jesus, they really need a. something's got to give because like what else are we supposed to be watching right now like we've talked about all the bravo stuff like the housewife stuff is good we've 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 set our recommendations and we we want people to do their homework on that um but like now there's no and just like that anymore there's no white lotus there's i mean soon we'll be at the end of girls too i mean what is there right now like i can't watch I can't just watch reality TV. Like I gotta, I need something. We need a, we need to go through the vault and see what kind of old TV we can watch. Yeah. I will say I'm really enjoying, I'm doing a sex in the city rewatch right now too. And I'm at the end of season four. It's so good. Like I think a lot of people are rewatching sex in the city right now, but like if you really want to watch something that has 
such a clear influence on girls proper and like so much tv honestly but like girls is such a direct parallel between those between sex and the city like you gotta go watch it it's just it's perfect and the writing is actually very girls-esque i think yeah it is so fucking good and funny i um just finished my sex in the city rewatch recently Mm -hmm. it's just so good can't get enough can't get enough um and we're glad y'all can't get enough of this podcast (laughs) hey we made it this far god bless god bless um if you really like us if you really love us please rate uh review subscribe share with your friends um you can follow us on tiktok where um julia gray okay julia gray okay yes so okay just o and k not the letters okay I'm gonna um, we've really had some fun little moments here that I need to turn into videos. Did you send me the most recent video? Not yet. And I'm keeping this part in as a public call out to um my negligence. So I will do that after this episode. Thank you for holding me accountable in this uh in this way. And I I do need a kick in the pants sometimes. Oh, if so you would like I. to take my polls um about the show, <laughs> please uh Follow me at FKA Pigs on X, the app formerly known as Twitter. Um, with that, I don't know. We'll be back next week with the season five finale. Crazy. Oh my God. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Ah. Um, until then, bye everyone. Bye bye.